0: The following program is sponsored by Disciples Pathway Ministries. Welcome to Disciples Pathway Ministries, a mobile ministry with Minister Robbie E. Lilly. Disciples Pathway Ministry is a mobile ministry advancing the kingdom of God so that no one is left behind when Jesus Christ, our King of Kings, returns for His great church. Good afternoon, good afternoon, good afternoon. This is Minister Dion in place and instead for my mother this day. And I just want to wish you all a beautiful, wonderful, joyous Sunday. Uh, there were some things that was brought back to my spirit this week that I want to share with you all. And I want to look at a couple of statements that we've often heard. First statement is keep God first. Keeping God first, there's there's nothing wrong with that. There's a place uh, that we have to, in, in life, there's a place that we have to prioritize him. And it would be best that he is first place, even in the way we're called to honor him with the first of all our increase and the, and the first fruits of our harvest. There's another statement that's made. What would Jesus do? This question is often asked when making final decisions or if you had a fork in the road or again, maybe when you've tried everything else and nothing has seemed to work, you would turn to God in prayer and he'll be your last resort. Again, there's nothing wrong with this because we are called to, you know, have the mind of Christ and asking what would Jesus do. But how about this family? What about the middle? What does it look like to place God in the center of everything? Let us pray, Father God, as we come into Your Word, as we come into Your presence this day, that our eyes be open, that our ears be open, that our hearts be receptive. as what the Spirit. And your spirit is given unto, unto us this day, O oh Father God. May your wisdom, knowledge, and understanding overtake us, O oh Father God, that we may grow and begin to look more and more like yourself as you revealed yourself unto us. Father God, we love you and we thank you for the life that you've given us this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. So, this question what about the middle and what does God look like in the center of our life? This this question was first given to me back when I was in college. And I'll give you some of my college experience here briefly. Uh, I went to school here locally at Houston Baptist University. I graduated with a bachelor's of science degree in kinesiology. I also played football there. And one of my coaches told me in a, in one of our sit-downs, he said, between the ages of eighteen and twenty-four years old, you're going to be drawn from the rest of your life from this window of time. You're going to always going to, you're always going to be taking the lessons that you learn now and applying them in the for the rest of your life. And when he told me that, you know, I received it as words of wisdom from an older man and a and a coach whom I love. But now that I'm on the other side. Being 26, looking at 27 in October, I see what he's saying because I would call that window of time almost like the second puberty, that transition into manhood or that transition into womanhood, those decisions that you are faced with, those forks in the road, if you will, where things are 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 so many options are out there for us as young adults. And what is our purpose? What is our identity? You know, we're not in mom's house anymore. You know, not in dad under dad's uh, covering roof anymore. What 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 is it that God would have for us to do? So let's talk about the center, physiologically speaking. I am a personal trainer at uh, at LA Fitness and. The importance of building a strong core, I cannot emphasize enough. That's one of the first things I do when I take my clients in. I build a strong core. Before we get into the complex lifts and all the training methods and things like that, we have to build a strong core because that strong core is going to be the foundation of how you build the body. What does a strong core provide? Safety and longevity. Safety in that you will not get hurt when your body begins to come under resistance and bear weight. Longevity and the fact that you will have endurance to do these things for such a time. It also provides stability and balance, the ability to stabilize for we all have need of stability, not only in the physical, but also in the mental and the spiritual, too. And to balance, you know, so we won't find ourselves stumbling about when we get into different things and get into different movements and motions and further risk ourselves for injury. Athletes need it in competition, and we all have need of it for day-to-day living, a strong core I'm talking about. Whether you're carrying groceries up the stairs, helping a loved one in and out of bed or what have you. The necessity for a strong core in the physical physical realm and building the body is very essential. Let's talk about the center, uh, psychologically speaking. So psychologically speaking, our attention naturally gravitates toward the middle and toward the center. When we're talking about these multi-million, multi-billion, colossal stadiums and arenas that's populated by thousands of adoring fans, let's let's look at let's look at these infrastructures. The 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 seats, the amenities, the concession stands—they're all centered around a hardwood floor with two goals on each side of it. Or 100 yards of football field turf with two goalposts on each side of it. Or maybe a, a ring with some rope or a cage around it. Why is that? Because we've come we've come to speculate and see what was what's happening right there in the center. We don't put the basketball court to the west end or to the east end or football field to the north side or the south side of the stadium. It's right there centrally located for all to see. Because that's where our eyes gravitate. Naturally, even when you're looking at concerts and events, the artists and performers are center stage. If you look at some of our greatest performers of all time, Michael Jackson or Beyonce, seldomly have I seen them to the far left or the far right of a formation. They are right there, center stage, because that's where our eyes go. Even even in the fitness industry, or even as you, if you have some fitness goals and things like that, the first thing you got to critique when you look at yourself in the mirror is your midsection. When I receive new clients, that's the first thing that they say to me. Well, you know, I I, I got to, you know, my arms are okay, my legs are fine, but I, I got to do something with this midsection here. Like, you know, something has to happen here because that's where our eyes automatically go when we see ourselves. Even in, even in marketing and advertising, what's, con, what's considered the most attractive is the six-pack or toned belly. That's what most people, Uh, entities advertise toward and try to sell people on. But let's delve a little bit deeper in here. Let's talk about the spiritual center. Write this. God has created this desire in us, a need for the center, uh, attention to the center, because it is his desire for us. He desires that he becomes, be the middle and the core of our existence and that we come in to his midst and dwell there in him. John 15, verses 1 through 8. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches." He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my word abides in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. So we see here this beautiful illustration of a tree, of a fruitful native green tree. We see now that this tree of life that was spoken unto us in Genesis, we joined together with Christ, form this tree of life. And where did God position this tree of life? Back in Eden, right in the midst. The synonymous word with is center, core or nucleus. Right there in the center. Its purpose is in his name. It's the source of all life, the tree of life. For all life that was surrounding it was source, was a resource of the life that came from the source of life, the tree of life. Let's stay in the garden for a little bit. When God formed man, God breathed into his nasal cavity and man became a living being. To everything else that had life, God spoke, but unto man he breathed into his nasal cavity. So family, I want you to do this with me right quick. Let's experience God. Everybody take a deep breath. (sighs) Again, draw in as much wind as possible and take a deep breath and release it. (sighs) So there's two points I want you to get out of what we just did. And I want you to write this first one. As you took in air, your midsection expanded there's a big muscle in there called the diaphragm and it expanded the midsection and at the peak of your wind intake you were at your most full so family even by design we are designed to be filled with god we are designed he 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 designed us to fill us with himself the ancient practice the ancient the ancient asian practice yoga has swept Across America, and many have adopted the practice because it's foundation on breathing and being able to inhale and exhale with efficiency. I'm about to get in some of you guys stuff, even to the smokers out there. You do this for whatever reason, anxiety, worry, worry, trouble, doubt, easing of nerves because of the substance. It's not just the substance that you take in, but it's actually the breathing and the inhaling and the exhaling. The only difference is, is that it's just the substance, whatever herb or whatever is in what you're smoking, the substance is not Christ. For we already talked about that in the earlier message for uh, faith is the substance of things hoped for and, ev- and the evidence of things unseen. The Hebrew word substance there means the existing foundation or the assurance that the thing underneath you is real. And I would encourage you that that substance that you're looking for ought to be in him, to inhale him and exhale him. But that's a whole nother thing. Point two. <laughs> When you sighed, and at the si- at the sighing sound of your release, the name of God was uttered. <sighs> What's his name? Yah- Yahweh, Yehovah. When Abraham came into covenant with God, God changed his name and called him Abraham The Hebrew pronunciation, the Hebrew pronunciation of Jesus' name is Yeshua. So you see, even in our every breath, there's an utterance of his name. For we have need of such great of a name, for we have need to take him in and breathe him out and release in him. Here's something else, family, that I want you to look at the peril of being in the middle. I'll take you to Revelations 3, verses 15 and 16. This was the prophecy to the church of Laodicea. Verse 15 I know your works that you are neither cold nor hot, I could wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. On one end, there's the sinner. We'll say say this is the cold. We see throughout the word how God used the sinner in spite of to carry out his will nonetheless. God knows how to use the sinner to carry out his divine will and his divine good. And after all, this is why Jesus came. On the other end of salvation, let's call this the warm. The word tells us of the many promises endowed to them who love, trust, and call upon him. Those who have a zeal and have a fire for God. But family, God despises those who are, on the, who are in the middle or on the fence, if you will. Those who dabble. Those who will w- worship him or appear to serve him in one way but on the back end or in your private life or when you go home and shut the door there's dabbling in other things things that he despises things that you know of read of and know more than enough of yourself of your fathers to know that he doesn't like these things i wanna i want to drop a quick history lesson here let's go back to uh babylon the word babylon here in the hebrew means confusion Confusion by way of mixture. Babylon is God's sworn enemy and is prophesied and is poised for destruction and revelations. Babylon was hated by God. And this is the reason why, because they would take the things of God and intermingle them with worldly things and worldly desires. They said they loved God, but they wanted to love God the way They wanted to love God. They wanted to serve God the way that they wanted to serve God. But here in James chapter 1, verses 5 and 8, we see, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man and unstable in all his ways. He's like a man that's tossed about like a wave. Some of the, some of the gods that came out of Babylon, we still acknowledge today. We call it zodiac signs in astrology. Do your research, people. It's, it developed from the Chaldeans, from the southern part of Babylon. And the word Chaldean here means clawed breakers. Clawed meaning stupid, dumb, or foolish, and breakers meaning destroyer or large wave. So as we read in James, he said, let not that man suppose he will receive anything from the Lord. Because he is like one who doubts and is tossed about like a wave. And is unstable in all his ways. You can't be trusted. You cannot be trusted. Breakers, destroyer. We know who the destroyer is in the Bible, for he comes only to kill, steal, and destroy. So if you are not building up, you making yourself an enemy of God. Let's see how. Remember how Jesus handled the waves in the Word. You remember when they were on the boat going to the other side, and Jesus was sleep at the bottom, and the disciples came in and said, Jesus, do you not care that we're about to die out here? And Jesus having to awake from his sleep and his irritation because he's doing, he's about to do the thing that they could have done and said, peace be still. And they looked in other uh, shock saying, who is this man that even the wind and the waves obey him? Or how about, how about when Peter got out the boat and said, Jesus is that you bid me to come. And he began to walk on the waves, but Jesus was standing on the waves. And when he began to sink, nevertheless, Jesus came and reached and grabbed him and pulled him back up to stand back on top of the waves. So being in the middle family gets you caught up in the crossfire so let's get let's get to the conclusion if you will i'm going to read you i'm gonna read you a couple of scriptures here family revelations twenty two thirteen I am the alpha and omega the first and the last the beginning and the end revelations one eight I am the alpha and omega says the Lord who is who was and who is to come the almighty revelations twenty one six and seven Then he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give to the one who thirsts from the spring of water of life without cost. Revelations 1, 17 and 18. When I saw him, I fell at his feet like a dead man. And he placed his right hand on me saying, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last and the living one. Isaiah 44, 6. Thus says the Lord, the King of Israel and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts. I am the first and I am the last. Isaiah forty eight twelve. listen to me, Jacob, even Israel, whom I, I called, I am he, I am the first and also the last. So God already establishes himself as the first and the last. But it's up to us, family, to keep him in the center and in the middle of our affairs, of our affairs and to come into the center and come into the middle of him. He is the tree of life, the life rep- representing the beginning of new things. He has taken the keys of death from Hades, death resembling the end of things. He has the dominion and authority over both the beginning and the end. He says over in Isaiah 46.10, that I know the end from the beginning. And family, don't you know that he is the God of all comfort? That word all comfort there is pericles, meaning where we get our words, uh, paramedic and paralegal, one who comes forth and intercede. That's what the word comfort means. It's two words. The one who come comes forth comfort. He comes into the middle and intercedes. Revelations says, "I stand at the door and knock, and anyone who will open the door and let me in, I'll dine with him, and he with me." He desires to come in, family. He wants to come into the middle. He wants you to come into the middle of him, because that's where we belong. That's where we were formed at the beginning of time when he hung the tree of life in the midst of the garden, to dwell there in the center in the fullness of his joy, peace. I don't know if you all heard this analogy, but I'll give it to you here. On a tombstone, there's the birth date and then there's the death day. But then there's a dash in the middle. That dash is very significant. What will people say about that dash? What will God have to say when you when you sit and when you stand in front of him in judgment? What will he say about that dash, that middle part? Because that's what matters. That's the process. That's the part where we receive the most or lose the most. I give you something else to consider, family. Even as we look at history ourselves, time counted down to Jesus. That's why we call it B.C., before Christ. And after the cross, time counted up from Jesus. A.D. is Latin. We say after death, but it's Latin for Anno nine, which means the year of our Lord. And it is 2020 to the African, 2020 in Asia, 2020 in the Middle East, 2020 in America, 2020 in South America. Because the history and time, it all, it's 2020 to Muslims, it's 2020 to the Buddhists, it's 2020 to the Christians, it's 2020 to the atheists. It don't matter who you are and what you believe, it is 2020 because time has counted up. And time is set around the event of the cross. So family, today I wanted to extend an invitation to those who have not received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And I would implore that you do. Because as you can see, times are wavering. Times are very unsure. And if you have done done everything, you may have not been raised in a, a Christian home or been in a Christian environment or you have and you walked away. Or the, uh, this this God thing has been coming from many directions and you heard so many things that you've just been left in utter confusion as we as we just mentioned here. God is not the God of confusion because that's what puts us in the middle. I implore you family to come on in and receive of salvation, this good salvation. And if you are ready and your heart has been made ready to receive, please repeat after me in prayer. Lord, I am a sinner in need of a savior. I believe you hung, bled, and died in my place. You, the Son of God, then rose and is now seated at the right hand of the Father. Lord Jesus, you are welcomed in this place of my heart. May your spirit never depart. Receive me as I received you this day. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Family, if you prayed that prayer, we here at Disciple Pathway Ministries believe that you have just received salvation, family. Get into this word of God. Find a version of the Bible that uh that, that resonates with you. There's many of them. Find uh people that you can trust. Ask, search and knock. Seek his face, family, and he will reveal his face unto you. Continue to tune in and listen. Connect to connect with us here at Disciple Pathway Ministries. We love you and would love to hear from you and to come alongside you. For that's why God has given my mother and I and the family this purpose and this ministry. Family, we love you. You can reach out to us uh, via email at robbielily at 63 at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. For we, again, would love to hear from you. And if there's any prayer requests, if there's anything that you would want us to rejoice over, we are here for you, family. We love you, we thank you for tuning in, and we'll speak with you soon. And may God bless you and fill you this week, and I hope this word has been a blessing unto you. Please download the podcast, subscribe, share, and get this word out. Family, we love you, and we thank you. One voice, I speak life.